Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Merry Christmas. It's good to see you all today. And it's exciting to have Christmas on Sunday. I always like Christmas on Sunday. It's a little like leap year. Or we get uh, six Advent sermons or something when we do it this way. But but we're thankful today. And we're going to hear God's word before we go home and have our whatever your feast is. Are you having a feast today? Anybody having haggis? No haggis. Okay. Sometime I want to try that. I want to talk, and since we've been having sermons where we've included the children and with Advent, and it is kind of still an Advent sermon, I do want to ask some questions of the children this morning. So children, try to be ready if I come with a question, but... I want to talk a little bit about, we, we've had so many themes in the songs we sang this morning and the lighting of the candles, and it's appropriate that we talk about light. And our text this morning has to do with light. But I think it's important that in order to talk about light, we have to understand something about darkness. So I want to talk a little bit about darkness, but I want to talk about it in the context of a scripture passage from from Isaiah chapter 8. And I just want to go over the passage a little bit with you. Isaiah is prophesying, and he's prophesying to uh, Israel and in their rebellion. And God is speaking to them, and he's telling them that, uh, you know, this is the classic place where the prophet wears the sign, the end is near. You guys are, are you guys familiar with that? The prophet walking through the seat, streets with a sign, the end is near. Well, this is where Isaiah, God says to him, take yourself a large tablet and write on it in ordinary letters, swift is the booty, speedy is the prey, which being translated would be basically for us today, theft and death are coming soon to you. Okay? The end is near. And that's what Isaiah is told to write on this, to tell the people. And he says, you're going to have a son. Isaiah has a son. He names him a certain name. And he says, before that boy can cry out, my father and my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away to the king of Assyria. So think about Damascus. It's up, so you've got the Sea of Galilee in Israel. Damascus is way up here way north and east of the Sea of Galilee. Samaria is down here, south and a little west. But that whole area is the area where Jesus was really going to be coming and doing His primary work, as we'll see. All of that area is going to be exported, pillaged. And as Isaiah is talking, it's fascinating, in in verses 11 to 15, he says, For the Lord spoke to me with mighty power and instructed me, not to walk in the way of this people saying, you're not to say, it is a conspiracy. 
in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. And you're not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. Now think about this. This is fascinating. We live in a day of conspiracies, right? And they had conspiracies. And the people were saying, this stuff is a conspiracy. There's, there's plotting going on. There's plotting going on. And God is saying to Isaiah, don't you be like them. Don't you think like them. Don't start calling things conspiracies because I'm in control. And he says, it is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, and he shall be your dread. This is what God says to Isaiah. Don't be carried away by the conspiracies. I'm sending Assyria. I'm in control of everything. But it's dark times, and it's coming soon. And Isaiah, it's fascinating, another just incidental thing. He says, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts. You ever thought about whether you and your children ought to be signs and wonders in the world around you? This was Isaiah. He was saying that my family is a sign and a wonder from the Lord of hosts. And then he says, but you, you have no, to the people, you have no dawn, dawn. Now, dawn in this case is, what is dawn? Children, what is dawn? What is dawn? What is the dawn? How's that? Deaf Pastor Max can't hear. Morning, yes. Sunrise, yes. They don't have any dawn. There's no light. There's no light. They don't have a dawn. And it says that they should go to the law, to God's Word and to His testimony, and to speak according to it, but they don't because they have no dawn. They don't have any light. They're in darkness. And that's where God sends them. It's a judgment on, his, on this people because of their sin. He sends them into darkness. But Isaiah is given the privilege of also telling them about a day of relief that will come. And this is where our passage for our text this morning comes, from Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish, in earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. Zebulun and Naphtali were this area around Galilee. Naphtali, Zebulun, okay? He treated them with contempt in earlier times, but later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Galilee of the Gentiles, uh, I think this is a reference to a, a part of that region that Solomon gave to um, Hiram, the king of Tyre. So many cities that became... The, the property of the Gentiles. And the Jews and the Gentiles lived together, mixed. And Galilee, this spot, Galilee, becomes very important to the ministry of Jesus, right? Because it's that whole region where he did Capernaum, 
Nazareth, all of that region where he did his work, all around the Sea of Galilee. A light is going to shine. So what was the darkness over Zebulun and Naphtali? Well, it didn't have to do with sunlight. They were all immersed with sunlight. It had to do with something spiritual. They walked in darkness because they walked in spiritual darkness. Now, children, I admit it, I'm a little afraid of the dark. Are any of you a little afraid of the dark? Okay, four of you. <laughs> Moms and dads, anybody a little afraid of the dark? Okay. You, as you get older, you get more afraid of the dark, I guess. I am a little afraid of the dark, and I don't mean that I need a nightlight in my room because Mrs. Carell is in there keeping me safe. It's okay. <laughs> But if I walk outside, I take a flashlight. Do you take a flashlight outside? Children, have you ever been in a cave? Anybody ever been in a cave? Did you ever go in the cave where it was really dark and then turn the light off? Anybody ever go in and turn the light off? Did you try to see if there was any light? Anybody, did anybody find some light somewhere? It was really, really dark, wasn't it? The type of darkness that you see no light in it kind of makes you feel, ugh, right? Just a little bit out of control. Where's the light? This is one type of darkness. The darkness in a cave, it's related to our sight. And we prefer not to be in that kind of darkness. And so we carry flashlights and lanterns and candles like we did in our service here last night. We have yard lights at our house, we have lights in our houses, because we don't like the darkness. Would you rather, children, would you rather live in darkness, or would you rather live in light? Not a trick question. Would you rather live in the dark, or would you rather live in the light? Light, light. Me too. I would rather live in the light. How long do you think people have been afraid of the dark? 2,000 years. Okay. I bet you're right at least that long. Now, kids, here's a question. Do you think Adam and Eve were afraid of the dark? Was it dark when Adam and Eve lived, when they were first made? Was it dark? Did they have dark when Adam and Eve first lived? Before they sinned, did they have dark? Ah, uh, I heard somebody say no. Am I, can I get another opinion? <laughs> yes? Yeah. And there was morning and there was evening. There was light and dark. Do you ever think about whether Adam and Eve were afraid of the dark before they sinned? Have you ever thought about that? I wonder if Adam and Eve understood fear at all before they sinned. But they did sin, and a curse came into the world, and fear came, 
and a new kind of darkness came into the world, a new type of darkness. This is a darkness that's within. It's not a darkness associated with photons, the sun, the moon, the stars, candles, flashlights. It's not that kind of darkness. It's not the darkness of what goes through our eyes or doesn't. This is a darkness of status, of condition. It's a darkness in our hearts. It's a darkness that came because of sin. Now, you guys all know what social media is, right? Everybody understands social media. Don't ask me what the newest platform that people use is, because it changes every day. And don't laugh at me if you're 25, 25 and say, oh, you use Facebook, because whatever you're using, it's obsolete, right? And I'm not suggesting you use any of them. But what? Imagine a social media update that represented the condition of someone's heart. Imagine what would they say, not their physical heart, not how much cholesterol had filled the arteries, not their physical heart, but imagine if it, if it actually represented the condition of the spiritual state of their heart, what was going on inside it. What would it say? What would the update say? Presently, I'm filled with light. Presently, I'm filled with darkness. Well, you know, I've seen a lot of social media posts, and most of them are actually making those statements. And they're stating things like, Presently, I'm filled with darkness. Darkness. Isaiah 29, verse 15 says, Woe to those who deeply hide their plans from the Lord and whose deeds are done in a dark place. And they say, Who sees us and who knows us? We think that we aren't seen by God. We think that our hearts aren't seen by God, but they are. We're known and understood by God. Everything that happens in our lives, he understands. As we lay on our beds at night, and I'm sorry, it's Christmas morning, but we have to understand darkness to know light. As we lay on our beds at night, and we have evil thoughts in our minds, and we're entertaining evil thoughts and murders in our heads and minds, and we're killing other people in our minds as we lay on our beds. This is darkness. Who sees this? Who knows this? Who is there in that dark place in our hearts? God is there. He knows what's going on. Right? And darkness, if it's unresisted and left alone, can grow. It grows. And, and sometimes it gets so bad that it gets represented as a good thing. Darkness starts to be peddled and sold as light. It's just more darkness, of course, but it doesn't get sold as darkness. It has a nice new label, a nice flashy label on it, and it gets sold as light. Isaiah 5, says, 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But it's not really talking about physical light, is it? It's talking about this state of the soul and the heart. It's talking about deeds and what's right and what's not right. Darkness. Parents, can you identify this kind of darkness around your children? Do you recognize it if you see it? 
children, can you see darkness around you? This kind of darkness? Do you know, parents, that it's your responsibility, it's one of your responsibilities to be able to help your children to see what is darkness around them? It's my responsibility, but it's also yours. Children, can you see this darkness inside yourself? The naughtiness in yourself, can you see it? Parents, can you see the naughtiness in yourselves? Parents, are you able to help your children to see that naughtiness and darkness in them? That's your job, that's your responsibility. We have this work to do. But the Scripture says that darkness was challenged. Darkness was challenged. In Matthew 4, it says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in the darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. From this time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came as the fulfillment of that prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9. He came to that region around Galilee. He came to bring the light that was promised by Isaiah through the prophecy of the Lord. And he came to challenge the darkness. Now, would you rather live in the darkness or in the light? Light, light. Me too, I'm still there. The remedy for darkness is the work that happened in Bethlehem that day that we talk about when we deal with Christmas, when we come together to celebrate Christmas. This isn't the remedy to physical darkness. Physical darkness isn't the problem. Spiritual darkness is the problem. But the inaugural shining into the darkness was when that baby was born in Bethlehem. An infant who could not yet speak who incidentally had spoken creation into existence, is what John chapter 1 says. It said the world came into being through him. It says that this is the one who, the word, that the world came into being through him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as if the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Jesus Christ who came into the darkness. This is him. He is the morning star that rises. Remember those people who had no dawn? They couldn't see because they had no light of dawn. Jesus is the morning star that rises in their hearts. That Jesus who had spoken the world into existence was born, could not speak, could not confess to everybody who he was. Here I am, I'm powerful, listen to me. And yet his birth was attended by God, by God's 
direction, the angels came and announced his birth. And at several places, God speaks and confirms the work of Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter 1, it says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, quote, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we heard this utterance made from heaven, and we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. You have the dawn. Light. Jesus Christ. His birth was attended by angels. His baptism was attended by the word spoken by God in the descent of a dove. His transfiguration was attended by a glorious shining and the visitation and the word of God again. His resurrection was attended by angels. His ascension was administered and attended with angels. There's only one place where Jesus didn't have this. There's only one time where Jesus, in, in the big picture, didn't have some pretty significant fanfare. Do you know when it was? What's that? At the crucifixion, yes. What happened at the crucifixion? Does anybody know? Children, do you know what happened at the crucifixion? There weren't angels singing, were there? What happened at the crucifixion? Was there a voice from heaven? Okay, can a parent repeat that louder? They mocked him at the crucifixion. There actually were some things that happened, though, that were incredible. Do you know what they were? The... Go ahead. They put a crown on his thorn, thorns on his head. They did that. He had that. He had that horrible, horrible treatment at the time. But I mean, some things happened on the earth. Some real big things happened. One thing that happens is there was an incredible shake and earthquake. And it says the rocks split apart. Rocks split apart. And it says people who were dead came back to life. the darkness. He came to challenge and to defeat the darkness. First John says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. 
We are supposed to walk in the light. Would you rather live in the darkness or in the light? In the light. Ephesians 5 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak the things which are done by them in secret. You know, I think about uh, all the movies we love to watch. And we have these images, but it's, it's, it stinks because the movies only find things that are interesting to us that are based on something that is real. Does everyone understand what I'm saying? You've seen The Lord of the Rings, right? Have everybody seen The Lord of the Rings? I don't want to make a big time about talking movies in the sermon, right? But of course, when what happens in The Lord of the Rings when they start talking the language of Mordor? Anybody? Everybody gets hushed and they're all, don't speak that language here. You know, you shouldn't even speak that language here, right? Well, that's only true because of the reality of the, 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 the horror of the light being contaminated by darkness. And this is what this verse is actually saying. This verse is real. Mordor isn't. Newsflash. Darkness is. God Almighty is the light who overcame the darkness. We don't want to be talking dark things amongst one another because it ain't good mixture with good light things. Not because we should be afraid of them, but because they're just wicked. It's not, it doesn't belong to God's people. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The days are evil. All but... Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Don't be afraid of the conspiracies. <laughs> because God is the one for, for you to fear. And he is the one that's in control. And Jesus Christ has brought light into the world. Children, would you rather live in the darkness or in the light? In the light. There's a day when the darkness will be done. And this is the last thing I want to say. There's a day when the darkness will be done. In Revelation 22, it says, In that day, there will no longer be any curse. 
And if fear of the dark is a result of the curse, it says that that won't be anymore. Okay? In that day, there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his bond servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the lamp or a light or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. That's the promise of God. Eternal light with no more darkness. But that light comes from Him. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. This morning, have you seen a great light? Have you seen a great light? Children, have you seen the great light that the Bible is talking about? Do you understand Jesus bringing light into this world? This is Christmas. This is Christmas. That we don't have to live in the darkness. One more time. Would you rather live in the darkness or live in the light? Me too. Me too. Let's pray and ask God to do just that. Okay? Father in heaven, we thank you today that you have sent your son into such a dark place and that he suffered such humiliation out of love for us to bring light to us. Oh, Father, thank you. Would you please help us, Father? Would you please help us to want to live in the light and then to live there? Please help us. Help us, Father. Help us to want to live in the light and to live there to will and to do that which is good. Help us, O oh Lord. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for this day that we can celebrate his birth and coming to us. We ask that you will go with us and cause us today to rejoice. Rejoice in you. Rejoice in your Son and love one another because of your Son. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.